Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome inside to Late Night Hoops as we count down to college basketball season. It is a brand new season of Late Night Hoops. The podcast is better than ever right here on College Hoops Digest Radio. John Fanta here with you, and we are glad to be back for another year of NCAA hoops. As we saw today, the top 25 came out from the Associated Press, and at the top of the poll, North Carolina with Kentucky checking in at number two, Maryland at number three, Kansas at number four. It's Duke who is at number five, Virginia at number six. How about the ACC team with North Carolina, Duke, Virginia? Right there all in the top six. Iowa State at number seven, Oklahoma at number eight, number nine, Gonzaga. I will talk about them later tonight on the show. And then two of the best backcourts in the country in Wichita State and Villanova. We'll debate best backcourts in the country on the show as well. At 11.05, I will welcome in the New York Post, Zach Braziller, a good friend of the show. And then at 11.15, Jaden Daly from Daily Dose of Hoops. We'll have new guests throughout the season, new interviews as well. Really happy to bring you this show again throughout the season. And I start with this in college basketball entering this season. Folks, throughout the first couple weeks of the season, be patient. Be patient with the officiating. There are a lot of new rules that teams are going to have to adjust to. The foul regulations are certainly different. And now we've got a shot clock change as well Uh, that will go down to 30 that will certainly be an adjustment for teams it should speed up the game a little bit it should make for a different pace a little bit I'm exciting to see that but be patient with the foul calls they're trying to get better and I think that it's necessary how many times have we seen in the lane where it's unclear to tell on a block charge call at the same time I'm not saying that We're going to completely sort that out entering this season. But I could say that the officials are trying their best to get there, and that's what you like to to see. You like to see them trying to make an effort. Be patient, though, throughout the first couple weeks of the season. That's the first message I have for you. The second message I have is, wow, we've got a deep, deep amount of teams in the country that can win a national championship this year. Why do I say this? Because from top to bottom, you go conference by conference, you go league by league, I don't think there is a major conference in the country. Are you the Big Ten with Maryland? But it is never going to be easy when you throw in Michigan State, when you throw in a better Indiana team and the other teams across the country that always figure out a way, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa will be good as well, that figure out a way to contend for an NCAA tournament. No conference is going to be easy to win. Even the Pac-12 for Arizona, they've got Cal right behind them contending with them. I look at the top, though. This is a make-or-break year for Roy Williams. His team is number one in the country. His team returns an All-American in Marcus Page a kid who is flat-out 
nuts at the game of basketball. They've got really good size. We've got Kennedy Meeks downstairs for them. That's huge for this Carolina team. Meeks, seven and a half boards per game last year. Nearly three on the offensive glass, five on the defensive glass. That's a big-time player. Big-time player. Marcus Page, what makes him that good? Well, five assists per game. Nearly five assists per game for Page. 14 points per game. He's just so dynamic. But now, Roy, you've got to be able to produce the results that a number one team going into the year should be able to produce. I'm waiting to see that. I'm waiting for December 1st when North Carolina takes on Maryland. Oh, what a way that'll be to start off the month of December. Hard to believe that's under a month away. I look at my early sleeper team before I welcome in Zach Braziller from the New York Post. And I will say right now that the team that I've got my eye on outside of the top ten that I really believe can be able to do things beyond first week in the NCAA tournament, could even have the potential to do things beyond the second week in the NCAA tournament, that's right. That's right. I will go right ahead and say the Butler Bulldogs can do that. You've seen them before. I think you can see them again. They've got Kellen Dunham and Roosevelt Jones, both incredibly dynamic players, and a duo that I do believe can give Villanova and Georgetown a run for their money at a Big East regular season title. I do see Villanova as a frontrunner. Everybody does. But I don't think it's obvious that they're going to win Big East title. I say Butler. That's my team outside the top ten I've got my eye on because of the duo of Jones, who's so tough to guard, as well as Dunham. I've got a team out west that I've also got my eye on. That's for later in the show. But first and foremost, we welcome in Zach Braziller from the New York Post, who has been, well, say the least, busy with the New York Mets. He covers the New York sports scene and will have complete college basketball coverage throughout the season. Zach, I can't believe that we are just about, well, just over 10 days now away from tip-off of college hoop season. Are you ready, Parker? Yeah, I wish it was starting tomorrow so I, so I could stop thinking about the Mets, but, uh, you know, it'll be good soon. Hey, you know what? It was a magical season. There's no doubt about that. And there's a bright, bright future ahead in Queens. No doubt about that. But let's turn yeah. to college basketball here. You look at the AP poll. That came out today. And, Zach, I just opened the show with it. North Carolina is at the top in the country. Is this a make-or-break year for Roy Williams to really be able to deliver? I mean, yeah, because we don't know what's going to happen next year. I mean, you're looking at losing a lot of guys. You're looking at potential heavy sanctions. Everyone thinks they're going to come down. Um, sometime in the spring. I mean, the NCAA is obviously taking its time with this academic scandal, but it's it's a very, you know, I don't I don't think we've ever had something like this where you go into a year with a number one team 
has this just anvil over its head that you're just waiting to drop. And so you could you could see a situation where they win the national title, and then a week later, uh, they're banned from the postseason the following year. So I, I mean, it's a huge year because we you really don't know what's going to happen next year. There, you you got to figure these sanctions are coming down sooner or later. They they've, they're going to get hit to a certain extent. You have to think, um, you know, it's it's a it's a huge year just because of we don't even know if they could be in the tournament next year because it's. I mean, that that scandal was so widespread, and you you just have to assume that the NCA is going to at least is going to do something. I mean, some, I got to figure the sanctions are going to be worse than what happened to Syracuse. Zach Braziller is our guest from the New York Post. Zach, if you went ahead and gave me a top five right now, I know it's November second, but your top five in the country, what would you go ahead with? Um, we're going to have our. I'm not preseason top 25 in our Sunday preview, but I'll, I'll give you a sneak peek. Um, I'd go North Carolina 1. Um, I'd go Maryland 2. Um, I'd go Kentucky 3. Kansas 4. And, you know, it might be a little surprised, but I think Duke is, which should be the number 5 team. Well, that certainly is an outstanding 5, and you left some great teams on there. As well, I look at what you have there from top to bottom, and I got to tell you, I think that the Kansas Jayhawks get more challenged than they ever have been, than we've seen at least in, in a couple years for that Big 12. Because a lot of people are ready to talk about Niang and Iowa State, but Buddy Heald in Oklahoma, they, they can be an Elite Eight team. I mean, that that is a really good group under Lon Kruger. I think the Big 12 is as deep as at the top that we've seen it in quite some time. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous league. I mean, I, the, the obvious big question with, with Kansas is Chief Diallo. I mean, the, the big-time freshman forward, is he going to be eligible? He, he hasn't been cleared yet by the NCAA. Um comes from our savior, New America, Long Island, a school that's had plenty of problems getting their players eligible. Um you know, it, if he was eligible right now, I might have him in the top three. That's how good I think they are. I think Wayne Selden's going to have a huge year. Perry Ellis is so solid inside. Um, you have Mason, at, 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 you know, out there on the point. I, I, I really like their team. And, but you could throw Diallo in there, who is just such a good rebounder, defensive player, um, nonstop motor guy who's who's just going to really, feed, I think, would feed off so well from Ellis. Um, I, I really like Kansas. I, I, I really like Iowa State and Oklahoma, too. I, 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 you know, the Big 12 is a tremendous league. It's, every year it's deep, but it's usually not as it's not top-heavy either. But this year you have depth and you have three really, really good teams. And, um, you know, don't, uh, don't forget my guy, uh, cousin, Isaiah Cousins at uh, Oklahoma either. I know Everyone loves Buddy Heald, and everyone sure he's a tremendous player. But Cousins is as good of a uh, perimeter player, perimeter defender as there is in the country. Uh, a big time talent from Mount Vernon High School uh, in uh, upstate New York. Zach Braziller is our guest from New York Post. Zach, are you buying stock in the Kevin Pangos list Gonzaga Bulldogs? Montez Sabonis and a, and a really good front court down low. Yeah, I mean we're gonna 
we have to see what they do at the point. That's obviously a question mark with Tango Scott. But, I mean, to me, the one-two punch of Wilter and uh, and Sabonis is going to be tremendous. To me, Sabonis has got oh. NBA written all over him. I mean, he is so yes. athletic. He's so skilled. You know, he he came off the bench and had so much depth last year. Gave you some good good minutes, and I I think he's I think he's going to be one of the big breakout stars this year. Um, that's one thing where uh, we'll, we'll be touching on it on Sundays because can one of these mid major powers make a run at a national title? Both Wichita and Gonzaga to me are, are top ten teams this year from start to finish, and are both one two seeds who black think can make long long runs. Obviously, you you gotta love the Wichita backcourt. Um, they have Lee and Baker. Feel like they've been there forever. Just great. So much guys were just so much fun to watch. And we'll obviously get to see them up close and personal in December when they come to the Rock. Um, but those are two teams that really intrigue me. Um, when you look at the, the uh, country, and you just you see all these good freshmen, and then you look at these two teams who are so so experienced, have been through the wars, and you know have had big runs in the tournament. Um, I, I, I know the two teams I think are going to be really, really strong from from start to finish. Zach Brazil, our guest from the New York Post. Zach, we know that Chris Dunn is at the very least a top three player in the country. I think that we both can agree on that. Do you think that he's good enough to take this Providence team to the NCAA tournament and, and to potentially a second weekend? I, mean, I think he's good enough, but uh, this Providence team's depth is obviously a huge concern. Um, I think he's good enough to get to the tournament. I think that's probably about it. I, I just don't see enough around him there. Um, losing with Dante Hayden obviously is a killer. Um, but you know, you, you look at that team. There's just there's a lot of question marks there. They're they're counting on a lot from guys who are unproven and inexperienced. Um, you know, uh, in our in our, in Sunday's here we're gonna have a you know our preseason debut ranking. I think Providence will probably slide in there at fifth. I think they'll get in the tournament. I think the Big East will send at least five, perhaps a sixth. Um, I just don't see enough help for for Don. Um, you know, there's just too there's too much uncertainty uncertainty there. I, and you know, Providence has had its issues in the tournament the last two years as well. Um, as we all know, um, I, I I just I well this could change. Obviously, we got to see how some of these younger guys play. I just don't think Dunn has enough help. Zach, my last question for you, and I know that we will have many conversations throughout the season. Always love to talk to you because you cover a lot in the local scene. What's your most intriguing storyline locally that fans in the New York area should be watching for? Um, I think I think the most intriguing storyline locally is, is you know, I'll give you a few. I, th- I, th- I think first off is going to be Chris Moore at St. John's, not because St. John's could be a great team. So we all know this is a, this is a development year. This is about setting the foundation. But I just think it's, it's, it's fascinating to see how Chris Mullen coaches, how he operates, how he handles everything. Um, it's obviously a brand-new team. And, you know, I, I was talking to a, a St. John's inside today, and I asked, you know, are you guys going to be as down as everyone thinks? And he said, if we finish 500, it'll be a great year. I was a little surprised by that. I 
I think they have some talent. I think they could win up maybe maybe 17 games and maybe sneak into the NIT. Um, but they're they're incredibly young. Um, they're incredibly new. I'm just I'm just fascinated to just watch Chris Mullen and watch him coach and watch him deal with the media and watch him go through a, a college basketball season because it's so new. Um, but my 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 big storyline is Seton Hall. Um, they have a team. Their their best players are all. They don't got out from Jersey, but they look at their their courts. Their 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 uh, New York City guys. Um, this is a huge year for the, these kids. It's a huge year for Coach Kevin Willard. Um, there are people I've talked to who think they can be really good. This team, um, you know, obviously Isaiah Whitehead's got a, a ton of pressure on him to produce. Um, and to me, you know, we, we're not St. John's not going to be NCAA tournament team. I think you have a few mid-majors that have great shots, you know, Iona's and Hofstra's and, and Columbia's. I think you can have a few of them in tournament. But to me, Seton Hall is the intriguing team. They have two two guys in Whitehead and Delgado who are second-team All-Big East. They have the talent. Um, the question is, can they put it together? Can Kevin Willard manage the egos? Because to me, that's by far the most talented of the local teams. Um, and that, to me, is the is the interesting story because if that doesn't work this year, if they have another bad year, you're gonna look. You're probably gonna see a coaching change. You might see some transfers. This is such a. There is so much at stake at Seton Hall this year. Zach, thanks so much for your time. Always love to chat with you. Thank you. All right, John. I'll talk to you later, buddy. Zach Braziller with us. On Late Night Hoops, and always a pleasure to be joined by him. A lot of fun to always have Zach on the show, and we are not done yet. We continue on with DailyDoseOfHoops.com's Jaden Daly covering the area and beyond. We're here to talk college basketball and more about it. We've hit a number of storylines. Jaden Daly, I start with this because I know that you have a love for some of the smaller school stories across the country, and I always like to test you. You saw the AP Top 25 poll. There were some curious teams getting some votes. Who caught your eye out of that mix outside the Top 25? Well, John, one team that I cover somewhat regularly, and that would be Iona. They picked up one vote. Who it was that voted for the Gales, we don't know, but I'll tell you this. (laughs) Reveal last, reveal his identity. <laughs> I'll tell you this, John. The last time my owner received in either the AP or coaches poll was 2012. They got an at-large that year. And with the talent that Tim Pluse has on his roster, there's no reason to think that should they fall short in the MAC tournament, they wouldn't be able to do it again. They have the pieces. A.J. English is an NBA prospect. Isaiah Williams is the most underrated player in the country, in my opinion. Definitely the most efficient player in the MAC. Just look at his stats and what he brings to the table offensively and defensively on a game-by-game basis. There is really – you'd be hard-pressed to find a player anywhere in the country that, is, that does what he can do. And for Iona, Cedric Casimir, the sophomore guard, is a more than competent third piece in the arsenal. This team is going to be good. They're going to make noise in March. What tournament it will be in remains to be seen. But that really set me apart. Jaden Daly is our guest. And I know you have another team 
outside the top 25. And I need you to make a case for them because I'm not ready to say that they are a top five team in the ACC, but I know that you're ready to say it. Miami, why is Jim Laranaga's crew going to be able to do it this year? They bring a lot back from last year's team that should have won the NIT if not for a late-game meltdown. They add Kamari Murphy, the transfer from Oklahoma State. Rodriguez is back. Tanya Jatiri is probably going to be an all-ACC player at some point. Pay attention to Ivan Cruz Uceda. He's a backup forward that Larinade is going to pay a lot of attention to and play a lot more often. On his best effort, John, he can average 10-8 and eight on any given night. Jaden Daly, our guest from Daily Dose of Hoops. Jaden, you were at Atlantic 10 Media Day, so let's turn to the A-10. I know that you have some expertise in this conference as well. Well, we saw some of the emergence of the Hurleys last year. Now for Rhode Island, it's a team that has all the pieces aligning. Where do they stand in the A-10 in your eyes? Is this their year to win it? I I wouldn't say it's their year to win it, but it's definitely – the year for Dan Hurley to prove that his long-term rebuild has finally reached its peak. And with Martin and Matthews in their junior seasons, plus Jared Terrell, plus Jarvis Garrett, plus four McGlynn, the grad transfer who has NCAA tournament experience from his freshman year in Vermont, and Karan Iverson from Memphis, if he can get his head on straight also. This team will contend. They have Davidson and they have Dayton to contend against. You can't you can't throw VCU away right away, even with the new coach of Will Wade. A lot of these players that he's inheriting, he was an assistant under Shaka Smart with, so he knows the, the personnel already. It's a four-horse race in the A-10, maybe even five if you throw in Mike Lonergan and George Washington if they can get a solid year out of Patricio Garino. My concern with the Colonials, though, John, is what they do at point guard without Keith and Savage who transferred to Butler. Joe McDonald oh, is a great my. physical point guard, but it, it, he the jury's out on how much he can score. Yeah, is he a scorer on the offensive end of the floor? It'll be an intriguing matchup when Seton Hall heads to George Washington. Uh, that matchup comes early on in the season. How about Rhode Island, though? They're picked second in the Atlantic 10. That's the highest preseason prediction for the Rams since the 2007-08 season. And Hassan Martin, he may be one of the the better players in the country that people just don't know enough about. Looking around the country as well, I got to tell you, there's one team that I really like the makeup of once again. And I know that I had them last year, but Utah is back and they bring back experience. There is a guy named Jacob that's going to be climbing the ladder, Jaden. And he will be climbing that ladder from the get-go. Once again, the Utes are going to have a very good team. You, you and I are both very high on Utah this year, John. You didn't have to sell me on the Utes this time around this, as well as you did last year with DeLon Wright. You and I were talking about top five players in the country. Jack Pertle is definitely on my list. This kid, if he stays another year, we're talking a possible number one pick in 2017 if he stays another season. He's top ten if he goes now. This kid's phenomenal. Jaden Daly, our guest from Daily Dosa Hoops, and we look at your top five. Give it to me right now. Top five teams? Yes. Carolina, Maryland, Virginia, Kentucky, Kansas. 
what's up with the love for Kansas? Because I'm not buying it. <laughs> Be honest I'm, with you. I'm not. I'm not either. I, I think eventually Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve, but I think well, Kansas why Kansas is over Duke? Kansas is more of a lifetime achievement award. Plus, they have experience coming back. Duke has the highly touted freshman class, but you got to see how these kids respond to big game situations, John. It's, it's right. why I'm not so high on them, you know? Okay. Well, we'll find them November 17th. Kansas is taking on Michigan State. And Sparty will be ready. I mean, that's the second best team right there in the Big Ten. And it's a team last year. One thing they did well, more than ever. They shared the basketball well. They averaged over 17 assists per game, 17.1 dishes per game. That was good for fourth in the country. Uh, that's, a, that's a good basketball team, again, coming back for Tom Izzo and Sparty, uh, in my eyes. They got off to a tough start last year, but that's a good team in, in my eyes. And uh, they got that kid named Denzel Valentine back, Jaden. You don't have to sell me on Michigan State either. Izzo just goes and does what he does. I've loved that program for a very long time, going back to when Mateen Cleaves was was there with Charlie Bell and Morris Peterson in 2000. It's just amazing to see how Izzo can reload every year with talent that is deemed as subpar, but he just finds a way to get the best out of everybody when it counts. All right, Jaden. Opening weekend, Friday, November thirteenth. There's a couple matchups that catch my eye, but anything opening weekend that you say to yourself, "Okay, that's one I got to tune in for." I have three different matchups, and two of them involve the America East. And while I'm at it, I'm going to plug a good friend and colleague of mine, Ryan Restivo, who covers that conference inside out for Big Apple Buckets. Wrote the book on the America East, at least with the Blue Ribbon previews for the last couple of years. You want to follow him at Ryan A. Restivo on Twitter. But you have to get him on the show. Also, you really should. He's, he's, a, he's a great talent, and he'll have a lot of insight. So opening weekend, Kentucky and Albany. Albany, the reigning American East champions. They bring back Peter Hooley, Evan Singletary, and Ray Sanders. at their three-pronged backcourt against Kentucky with Briscoe and Labissier, who's eligible and Alex Poitras and everything else that Calipari has, that's going to be a fun game. And if you know anything about Will Brown, if you watched the tournament game against Oklahoma last year or know anything about his history, he gives top-ranked teams all they can handle and then some. This is a, a program that almost beat UConn in 2004 as a 16 seed. Don't forget that. And then the other American East matchup I like on opening weekend, Vermont with everybody coming back for them with Ethan O'Day, with Trey Bell Haynes, Ernie Duncan, the freshman point guard, is back from the back wow. end. Back as well. And then Purdue returns six of their top seven scorers, plus Caleb Swanigan, the freshman who's going to be eligible. Mm-hmm. My third one, this is probably one of the mid major games of the year. Iona at Valparaiso on Sunday, November 15th. Valpo brings oh, back. Bracket all... buster. It is a bracket buster. It might be a return from one. Valpo brings back <laughs> all but one. All but one player, John, from last year's 28-win team that almost beat Maryland in the tournament. You don't have you don't have to explain Iona. We already did that with English, with Williams, with Casimir, and Tim Kloos has a retooled front line that'll 
made replacing David Lowry a little easier, at least on paper. It's still going to be rough to duplicate what Lowry brought to the table every night with 20 points and 10 rebounds and now getting drafted by Delaware in the D-League. It'll be interesting to see how soon the Sixers make the call to him. I think he'll help that team immensely when, if and when they do bring him up. How about that? Jeez, you were firing it off there with the catamounts. You have me fired up for tip-off right now. North Carolina Temple on opening night. Uh, that'll be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what the Tar Heels what the Tar Heels do on on opening night. Siena and Duke, Colorado heading to Iowa State, Pittsburgh and Gonzaga. That's got a little bit of intrigue to it. I don't know much about the Panthers heading in to this year. Notre Dame welcoming in St. Francis of Pennsylvania, uh, and that's just the beginning. Uh, I'll be over at Seton Hall in Dartmouth. St. John's and Wagner, the Mullen debut. Jaden, I asked Zach this. You got about 30 seconds, but your your lead storyline heading into this year in the area that you cover. It'll be on the island, my friend. Two NCAA tournament caliber teams in Hofstra and Stony Brook. The pride with Wanye Green and Mean Tanksley, Brian Bernardi there, big three for Joe Mahalik. Far and away the wow. favorite in the CAA. And down the LIE edge at 62 in Suffolk County, Steve Peitel on the Seawolves, is this the year for them finally? Remember this name, Jameel Warney. He's got NBA talent written all over him, and he could have a 10- or 12-year career if he falls in the right place. Oh, they are out for revenge, too, because they know what it feels like to lose at the buzzer. My goodness, Stony Brook has been through quite a bit, and they are going to try to get over the hump. Jaden, thanks so much for your time. Thanks to Zach Braziller. That does it for us on Late Night Hoops. We'll be back later this week with more as we continue to count down the tip-off. I'm John Fanta. Good night, everybody.